yeah, man, I think we could uh, we could probably get started on uh, on gamification if you're ready. Here. Let's do it. Welcome back to Articulate with Steve McJones. Today, we have uh, one Mr. Micah Greenleaf. I actually just understood while I was writing it up here, your Instagram handle, which is Micah underscore foliage. <laughs> Greenleaf foliage. I get it. It's fun. <laughs> um, but I am very excited about this episode because, Micah, you when I brought it up, you're like, I'm reading an entire book on this topic. And I would love to talk about it with somebody because it is blowing my mind, dude. Um, gamification. Uh, so first question, just in general, like, when did this enter your sphere of knowledge? Because it had never entered mine until you brought it up. Yeah, so gamification is a, a design approach or it's a, a thing you can do to companies, to processes, to products, especially in uh, – right now it's mostly – you thought about in the education space as right. well as in, in corporate spaces for tapping into people's motivation. Mm -hmm. I came across it because I am a lifetime gamer. Okay. And in recent years during the pandemic, actually, I did a pandemic pivot, mm. as they say. So I, I switched from trying to have a career in theater to having a career in learning design. Pandemic pivot. I've never heard that before. Pandemic pivot. I, cannot, <laughs> I can't claim. I wish I had come up with the term. But no, it's it, okay. so good. No, it is a good one. But you switched to, what was it again? I switched to learning design. Learning design. Which is essentially, I mean, a lot of people do learning design. It's, a, it's what we call an emergent field. Okay. So that is a field, uh, or and it's a career that has never existed under that title un until the last 50 years it's relatively new especially yeah. in the past 20 years gamification was only coined in 2002 barely and then really made popular in 2010 from what i learned um yeah but how do you jump from a theater to that what was the the mental process there was was it just random or was it like you think there's some link so the story was actually i was working as a assistant librarian at a high school okay and one of the librarians knew i was trying to figure out how to get into game writing how to write narrative for video games. And that's connects to theater because you're interested in stories. It's about the story. Creative. Yeah, I, yeah, my yeah. background is as a playwright and lyricist. Okay. And I said, all right, I'd like to do that, but I don't want to do it alone. Mm -hmm. I want to do it on a team. And I saw, I'd also like to make enough money to do that full time. Yeah. Of course. And the video game industry has money that theater just doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they love theater trained uh, writers because they understand dialogue and action and structure. Mm. And so I was looking into that and this uh, coworker of mine said, Hey, Wharton. Uh, so the Wharton school at Penn mm -hmm. has a thing called Wharton interactive. Mm. And that is their gamified learning program. Mm. And so what they do, what their version of it is they do simulations. They create, simulations mm -hmm. uh, so games that you can play so a sim like like simulations sim versus learning games i, I lurked a little bit into this but simulations we'll stick on this right <laughs> um and so they do it for enterprise and for entrepreneurship okay and they were hiring for a branching narrative actually for an interactive fiction writer and they also had as i was looking at that job and the rest of the team they also had an instructional designer there's way too many Big words. No. <laughs> too many labels and too many names that are very close to each other in yeah, this yeah, industry. Yeah. <laughs> but I said, oh, okay, well, I don't have uh, interactive fiction to, to show off. 
but what's this instructional designer thing? Okay. And I went down the rabbit hole and I found out it's all the things I love. Because okay. I, I like narrative right. and I wanted to collaborate with people. I wanted to be creative, but also productive. I wanted to help people and make a difference and, and help uh, people connect, help people learn. Right. And this was all of that in yeah. one. It's a little project management, a little bit of creative writer. And just a little bit of everything. Just a little bit of everything. Yeah. A little bit of Monica right. in my life. <laughs> um, and so I went down the rabbit hole, and that took me to getting a graduate certificate in learning design and technology. Okay. And as I got into that, I learned more about gamification, which is now kind of a controversial term mm-hmm. because it a lot of people think it means one thing, while in reality it should be something else. So the terminology is changing as it... Yeah, I heard there was a lot of debate about the definition, which is my next question is how would you define gamification? And I mean, if you know the controversy or the debate, you know, like what's that? So the way that a lot of people understand gamification is it is applying game elements and game systems to products uh, and to... Experiences. A great example, have you ever heard of Robin Hood trading? Yeah, I actually had that written down as well. So Robin Hood is uh, a great example of gamification. So is Duolingo. Mm. And so you get... Well, that makes sense. You finish something up, you get a bring, and your score, you have scoreboards, and you get points, yeah. and you have unlockable levels, just like a game. Right. And so those are great examples of using gamification to make, in case of Robin Hood trading stocks more rewarding and fun yeah so that is one of the ways but people the and so the book gets this is a the game the book is called gamification by brian burke okay and he talks about how a lot of people think oh so if i make it competitive and i make a leaderboard and i give people points and badges then they're gonna do what i want and they're Mm -hmm. going to love my product and that's gonna fix everything right i see yeah but it, it turns out that's not the case. Okay. And so my answer for what gamification is, based on this book and my the, the, the things I've read, is rather than thinking of it as applying game elements to products or to anything else, it's instead applying game design processes okay. to non-game-focused processes. Right, right. The prime example would be like Robin Hood. Or something like that, or you know. So Robin Hood's a great example. Yeah. Um, there was a there used to be a company called Quirky. Uh, they had a number of kind of creative products, and they uh, the book gets into this as well. But the way they gamified their platform is their 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 whole platform was a a gamified and structured way for people to come up with product ideas. Mm raise money and find collaborators on their platform mm-hmm. and get uh, support in making that with Quirky's help. Mm-hmm. And so then Quirky would m- make some of the money off of the product, but they had gamification strategies like being able to gain rank I- in the community. So okay. you get certain points, you get it to be a higher rank that gives you more authority, uh, and they they had they would have competitions so they used gamification to help their users achieve their goals. Okay. And so that is one of the big takeaways of the book is gamification can't get people to do something that they don't want to do. Right. What it does best is help motivate and structure people 
to achieve their goals. Okay, so yeah, you already have to be a certain type of person, you think, to really take to gamification or gamification uh, app, app, uh, uh, appliances. I can't even, is that the right word? <laughs> uh, applications? Applications, or, or, yeah. Or, or products? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Ga- I think gamification works for everybody. Okay. But uh, it works on everybody because really it's just applied psychology. Right. Um, it's, we like rewards. Yeah. And we like, uh, everybody's happier when they have a goal in mind. Mm. Right? So, so if I wake up in the morning and I say, I want to achieve this today. Mm-hmm. And if I, so I want to do my laundry. Mm-hmm. And so my reward is when I get my laundry in the machine, yeah. I get to have a cookie. Okay. And if I fold my laundry by, before I have to go to bed, yeah. then maybe I get some dessert. Yeah, uh, so this is behavioral therapy. It's behavioral therapy. Yeah. And, and the reason why I love gamification is because if you look at education and academia, right, and you look at the job market, these are both areas where we're trying to get people to engage in something that benefits them, right? Mm-hmm. So with education... People are trying to learn and, and build skills and knowledge. Right. And, and get their certificates that make them get more money. But. And get certificates <laughs> that make more money. At, jo- at your job, you're literally working to make money or, right. or to make an impact. But So the question that drove me into this career was, how come people will spend six hours on a video game mm. that is having them uh, solve puzzles yeah. and learn new things develop strategies, yeah. communicate with other people, mm. and face challenges and, and, and problem solve. How come people will do that for six hours in a game, mm-hmm. but you try to teach them for one hour, and 45 minutes in, their eyes glaze over? Right. What does education have to learn from games? Yeah, that was that's interesting. Because honestly, after looking into this, I had a, a few qualms with the idea of gamification, which I would love to, to run by you. But, but first, Please. I'd like to address... The, the positives that you, you're kind of making more clear for me because it does make sense. There are like monotonous things that we have to do in life just generally. Can they make taxes fun? That would be cool if they made I'm taxes way more fun. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, but I mean, and, and just like, um, you know, day, you know, day to day goals. I didn't even think about, I was thinking, you know, like school was mostly what I was thinking about, but um, work could be more fun. You know what I mean? Like Outlook. Outlook should have a gamification feature, dude. Well, well actually, I, what I found also was interesting um, about gamification was that uh, it was it is now in 2019 evaluated as a 6.3 billion dollar industry. I did not realize it was an industry first of all, and second of all, I didn't realize it was so big. I, Every time I see, like, a money figure about any industry, I'm like, there's that much money in the world? That's crazy. But, yeah, so, like, the industry in itself is, is it just trying to apply gamification to everything or mostly education? So, corporate applications of gamification is where that money is coming from. Okay. Because schools don't have money. Mm -hmm. They just don't have money. And and so... Where you're seeing it happen the most, and it's it's really interesting because this is developing first and foremost in enterprise, at businesses, and large businesses. Because especially with the burnout that they're seeing from people during the pandemic, they're looking for as many ways as possible to keep people engaged and motivated and happy and satisfied at their jobs. And gamification is one way that they can attempt that and one way Mm. they can do it. Yeah. 
a great example would be so coming back to those simulations, right? There's this idea that you can you can tell somebody how to do something, mm-hmm. and that's useful to a certain extent. But if you give them experience doing it, it's far more useful. Yeah. And so if if you have a simulation, so like flight it, simulation, flight simulation. Right. So yeah, there are. This goes into. Um, so as I mentioned, I went to a uh, a game developers conference, right, right, right. and there was this one uh, really interesting guy who talked about transformational games. And so this is a a, a newer term. An- another one that's similar is serious games, okay. which you may have come across. Um, but he said there are three kinds of transformational games. There's educational games, so right. games meant to teach you something. Okay. There is skill based training games, so games meant to help you practice and or learn a skill. Okay. And then there are medical games. And so Ooh. these are games that are actually used for medical treatment oh. of trauma, of uh, certain mental health conditions. Wow. There's, so there's so we're seeing games applied in these ways. And yeah, skills-based training is... Uh, one of the things he focused on was safety. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, the example he gave was forklifts. Forklift trainers... There's no room for two people in a forklift. So the way that they would train uh, a newbie was the instructor would jog alongside the forklift (laughs) while the new kid drove it and tried to do their best. And the instructor is then looking over at the the trainer, and so they may be running into things that they're not seeing. There's a lot of injury and liability, legal liability, that is coming out of that training. Right. So if we can put that person in a simulator mm. that saves a lot of money for yeah. the companies on uh, the, those injuries on that, the health care coverage as well as the legal liability right and it is just safer for workers and so there's a lot of financial incentive for companies to look at it especially now that it's being proven to work uh, across many different industries right yeah, and it's financial incentive for corporations, but also moral incentive for people's safety. You know what I mean? As a secondary goal. As a secondary goal. In, in capitalism as a secondary goal. Yeah. I'd love it to be the primary goal. Right. But but no, I mean, it's still good either way. You know what I mean? I'll take what we can get, you know, secondary. Right, the end justifies the means. I think that's right. what you're saying. <laughs> Absolutely. So within that, that's simulation. So I what I at least got from my... 30 minutes of research on this was that there are two types and it's like learning games and simulations where learning games you know focus more on you know kind of breaking down and and doing the thing that you're talking about like uh um, rewarding people for you know having little awards you know fun lights uh little goals you know kind of making it fun whereas uh simulation um gamification is more experience this experience the consequences of this or the actual um you know rewards if it is rewards but in a sense you know it's it's more so the experience versus just like a a game version of the thing you know what i mean that's absolutely one way to look at it okay Uh, the first educational game i ever played reader rabbit Reader Rabbit. That one sounds familiar for me. It was, <laughs> it was Math Blaster. Oh yeah, they were yeah listed in the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So those, I mean, those games were essential for for a, a bunch of us who grew up in the nineties. Yeah. Um, and Math Blaster is a great example. They give you a narrative. They give you flashing buttons and and cool graphics. At the time, those were such awesome graphics. Yeah. I actually just <laughs> went back and played it the other Did month. Did you have it on a floppy disk? 
Oh yeah, we had it on a floppy disk. <laughs> um, devastating when you forgot to save it. Oh, um, terrible. Oh, so terrible. I, there's a Rita Rabbit game that I never finished, and I like after I remembered that, like the it popped up while I was looking at gamification i was like that's the game because i knew there was something like a, a carnival and i never got to finish it and then we like tossed it or something and then i saw that and i'm like that's the one and now i'm gonna have to buy it and figure out how to play it but and that game that yeah. was on that floppy disk can now play on a, a phone that is smaller than that floppy disk <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true they, they probably have apps they probably have it's an app math I mean, blaster I, app. I found math blaster online you can just really? find it on a flash as a flash game wow yeah. Uh, but so there's the Math Blaster, so that's the right. educational game you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, the simulation, uh, a great example is Surgeons. Mm-hmm. So I actually know a few people who are working on games for surgery. And so mm-hmm. they can simulate that. And so, I mean, I mean, how do you practice surgery without either a really expensive gel model? So that costs a lot of money. Or on a real person, which is an unfortunate and high stakes way. I suppose there are cadavers. But they wouldn't, like, actually respond, you know? They wouldn't respond the way that a living person would. Yeah. And so that allows surgeons to try new things. Yeah. And it allows them to make mistakes. And so we're seeing this application of games in a lot of different areas because there's a lot of benefit to it. It is not as good as doing the real thing. But it does have certain advantages that doing the real thing doesn't. And it's still better than reading it out of, out of a textbook. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Although sometimes you ever go into a job and they tell you you got to play this game. And you're like, ah. like I know. Like, what jobs are you getting that no, they're like, hey, true. sit down and play this game. Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> That's fair. Put it in perspective for me. I appreciate that. Um, so elements of a game. Elements of a game. Uh. You get your avatar, that's you. <laughs> sure, sometimes. The element of chance, perhaps. Yes, sometimes. Maybe mystery. The idea of points. Digital badges, a fun story. These are all things that are within gamification. There's no question there, but I just wanted to break it down. Well, I think it's well, kind so of fun. What, I, what I really like about that list is those are part of your game maker's toolkit. Okay. That Those are all things that people have used in games that you can pull from. I mean, the, yeah. the way that I was taught to make games, uh, I, I, in, I took an intro to game design course uh, last spring, and one of the things our professor had us do is just look at this list mm. of uh, game devices. Uh, yeah. not, not handheld devices, but just these game uh, elements that you could add in. Gambling, chance, oh, yeah. voting, Right. Uh, competition, uh, guessing. Right. There, there are so many di- uh, game pieces, a game board. Mm-hmm. There are so many different ways to do it that, uh, and and people are coming up with new ones. Right. Even, even today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, what you one thing I I wanted to get on what you said was, was competition, and that's kind of what I think is almost the point of gamification. Is that in a way it creates motivation and engagement through a competitive sense and because you most people are playing a game to win am i incorrect i'd say that most people do play game i'd say playing a game to win is one of the most common motivations in playing a game but i I would contend that 
gamification isn't about using competition. Just like you were saying, it's a game element. Mm. So that is one of the ways that you can use gamification. Okay. But and they are all viable options. Sure. Yeah, well, and, and this is kind of the qualm that I have with it. The 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 thing about you know, making this an edu- educational experience for say kids is yes, it can make it fun, but it can also I think drive competition in, you know, kids Again, it's like, yeah, not everybody's that way, but I think if you start young, it's probably going to become a competitive thing for you. It definitely can. Right. But also look at our grading system. There's one valedictorian. Mm. There's yeah. one, is it salutatorian? I was never a good enough student to, <laughs> to, to, to be vying for that. Yeah, me neither. But that is a system where there's only, I mean, everybody is a winner who graduates, right? But mm. also there's only those two positions that, in a, in a class of however many hundred potentially, mm-hmm. so there there is that kind of gamification or like that kind of competitive structure already in that system. Yeah, what I would say is that using a gamification design, using gamification as part of your design process, mm-hmm. would allow you to look at the competition that is involved in what you've made mm-hmm. and decide is this working for us or against us. Okay, so. For example, if you're trying to teach people about empathy mm-hmm. and uh, te- trying to teach people how to understand each other, there's lots of gamification techniques that you can use to achieve that. Do you think competition would be a good one? Mm. Yeah, I mean, in a sense, competition gives you an idea of how you feel when you're competitive, I guess. So then you can understand what other people are feeling. Is that a way to think about it? <laughs> I suppose so. Uh, I don't I wouldn't use it because okay. I, I think I think that's an example where competition might get in the way of what you're trying to do. However, right. rewarding people for being empathetic, sure I mean people are motivated to do well, especially with uh, a social element. Yeah. So there I wouldn't even say that that's a competitive element. Competitive for me means someone is going to win, right? And right. you winning means someone else loses. Mm. But in and in a game where anybody can win any amount of points yeah. and you can get certain rewards along the way based on the points you earn regardless of what other people earn right i'd say that that th- there there may be a bit of a competitive spirit I that drives you. that but that that wouldn't be a, a direct competition yeah and you wouldn't get rewarded for you know being anti-empathetic or you know you wouldn't get rewarded for being solely competitive against everybody and just wanting to beat everybody maybe you'd uh, yeah and so maybe you'd have to work as a team with people right and and the maybe the only way is to work is for everybody to work together maybe the only way to win is for everyone in that everyone in the team to empathize with each other and to demonstrate that in some way did this just turn into a disney show dude did we just get into disney territory with this (laughs) <laughs> Let's see if I can draw that in. <laughs> no, that's good though. I, I guess yeah. I was thinking more of it, uh, gamification. I, I think I was putting too much weight on the competition aspect of it. Um, when in reality, like you said, it's just an element. It, it doesn't have to be the the cent- central point of the game for anything. But see, what we're talking about here is one of the reasons why the term gamification is controversial mm. because it's really easy to say to, to to pin it down as one thing or to to look at the most common and most popular ways people gamify and and say oh that's what gamification is 
So, which is one of the reasons why also that phrase may be on the way out, or maybe it's just going to evolve or just be a part of the the lexicon. But mm. there, the some of the other terms that we have are, I mean, you could just say call it design. Yeah. And so then it's just you're thinking. About, this is why I like to say it is applying game design processes to your designing. And there's we have transformational games, we have serious games, we have gamification. I I think that we're gonna see that evolve as it becomes more popular. Mm. But that exact reason of it's really easy to say gamification is with competition, right? Or it's with points and you get the celebration yeah. confetti can on the screen. Right. It, there there's that's such a common and popular misconception okay. that it it almost changes what the thing itself is. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, and I like that. I mean, and that's why, you know, I'm grateful for people like you who are kind of on the precipice of things like this because it sounds like it is going to be a big thing and if it is going to be a big thing. Well, it, it, I mean, it already has gained a lot of traction, I think in I think I saw in like 2013, it was like worth like 40, the industry was worth like 42 million. And like I said, 2019, it was like 6 billion or something like that, uh, which is exponentially, you know, crazy. But, uh, but yeah, like people on the precipice are going to be able to understand these things a lot more than I will. And it's easy for people who are, you know, down the, the, the trickle, the, it was a, the trickle down economics right. of, the, of the whole thing. The, trick, the trickle down thinkonomics. Yeah. Thinkonomics of the whole thing. I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to just get confused. So I'm glad to have people like you to clarify um, on my podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> so we talked about qualms. I guess I didn't have too much uh, left. I, I did want to say, how do you apply this to your life? How do you apply gamification in your life? Because I did have somebody on the other day. Um, I, I think chess is probably like the go-to example for a lot of people with gamification, not even realizing that they're talking about gamification, but, mm. you know, thinking about the strategy of chess and how you got to be moves ahead uh, of your opponent or, you know, in life is like, okay, if I need to get this done, this goal done, if I'm trying to win this way, then I need to think like this. And what if this happens, you know what I mean? And all these different factors, right? That's strategic thinking. Strategic thinking, correct. Yeah. So, so in what ways, you know, since learning about gamification, have you noticed a difference in the way you think, or just is it more of a self awareness type of thing? Um, so, I the reason that I like gamification, and the reason also why I love games, is really connected to my own neurodivergence. So mm. I have ADHD. And uh, there's a good genetic chance that I have some form of autism, uh, though I, I'm not diagnosed and I, I don't know that I would claim that title. Mm -hmm. um, but I found that for me with ADHD, uh, one of my biggest challenges uh, in day to day life and throughout my life is motivating me to do the things that I want to do. Mm. I get really easily stuck on YouTube, right. YouTube shorts. And I, I've never downloaded TikTok because I know it Same. is perfectly tuned to my brain yeah <laughs> they, they perfectly hacked my they psychology out, yeah. like they know exactly how to motivate me how to keep my attention right and, and like that was one of the questions that led me to this career was how come so was like what is social media doing what are games doing that's so good at getting my attention why can't my attention be that well focused on the things that actually benefit me why can't it help me get outside and get physically active? Well, right. it can. Pokemon Go. Oh, uh, yeah. And why can't it help me make money? Well, this isn't exactly gamification. These, this is actually called uh, a reward system. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, 
if you look at credit cards and their point systems, yeah. if you buy certain things at certain months, or if you use these categories or these brands, you get X number of points that you can apply to rewards. So these are all kind of gamified elements, and these are ways of using game design processes to help people support their goals of right. saving money, of traveling more, mm-hmm. of getting outside more. Yeah. And I'm really passionate about that. And those are like real goals too. They're not just like skill-based goals. They're not just like kind of educational. Of course, those are important, but these are like adult goals. You yeah, know adult I mean? goals. Yeah. And so um, one of the things, I, I won't go too in-depth with it because I it is actually, fingers crossed, hopefully I'm not going to jinx it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I One thing I'm really passionate about is adulting. Uh, right. I think it's hard for yeah. all of us, and there is no guide to how to do it right. There is no right way, and, and there are not as many resources around helping people do the adulting things that we all need to do as I would like. Yeah. Uh, a great example of that, as you said, is taxes. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really interested in how to support people in in doing that. Uh, and yeah. so I am, I won't, I don't want to give away too many details, but I am working on a product uh, on a, a web platform right now to address uh, adult life skills and competencies wow. using gamification and learning design to make it easier and more rewarding for people to improve their lives on their own terms. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, that's I I I a hundred percent agree. Like I think that is something. Like I I can't tell you how many times, like countless times on this podcast specifically, people have come up. You know, people come on with their ideas of of you know how they can improve themselves psychologically or they, ways to better develop their self uh, and and you know uh, mental better mental health habits and everything like this. And it's like, how come we weren't taught things in in high school? You know what I mean? Why were we not taught? Why things? is a personal finance class optional? Op- in optional. College? It's insane. Yeah, it's and, absolutely insane. And why does nobody explain to you how to choose credit cards? Right. How to uh, select insurance and how to work with insurance? Mm-hmm. What about taxes? A thing that Every adult who is independent has to take care of. Yeah, It, it is, uh, in my mind, the biggest failing of our educational system. There's a lot, too. There's a lot to, <laughs> there's a lot to cover. Laundry. We, we all got to do laundry. And, and parents try their best. Mm-hmm. But parents aren't experts. Right. They're doing, they really are doing their best. And not everybody has the same access to resources and the same... Uh, peer network and mentor network mm-hmm. to teach them these things. Right. We all have blind spots. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that we need, that everyone needs to just learn the hard way, mm-hmm. I think is antiquated and it's just, you haven't applied design thinking to it. Right. So I think that especially if you're able to make it profitable, uh, that, and, and these days with the internet, there, there are more ways to do that than ever before. Right. I, I think it's a major gap in the kind of education market and in the, in our society. In our society. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I think if you can apply that thinking to actual chores was what I call them, like chores mm-hmm. <laughs> like that. But also I didn't even realize when you brought it up earlier, but you brought up how you could use gamification for like developing empathy in like, you know, actual good mental habits as well. 
I was like, do that with children. Teach them better habits. Do you want to learn uh, the the empathy game that I that I created? Let's do it. Yeah. So I I was a I worked at a school and I was there. Uh, performing arts activity director over the summer. Okay. So I needed to create activities that worked for people who were in first grade and eighth grade. Hmm. And what I created was this thing called the me sphere. Hmm. So we're going to play this game. Ready? Yeah, I'm so ready. It, it, it's, <laughs> it may not even, a game is maybe not even the right word. Maybe it's more of an exercise. Sure. But, uh, hold out your hand. This is a me sphere. Okay. Uh, only the person uh, who the Mesphere belongs to can see it, can feel it, can, can sense it at all, uh, unless they decide that they want to share it with somebody. So it looks different for everybody. Mm. And once you have a Mesphere, you can create Mesphere's. Okay. So you can create them and you can, and you can give people a Mesphere, and that will allow them to engage with their own as well. Okay. And so I'm going to give you this Mesphere, and I'm going to ask you a few questions, all right? Okay, just for the listeners, he just pulled a Mesphere out of his chest, and I'm freaking out, but it's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. So, you're holding your Mesphere. Oh, God. First question. Yeah. How big is it? Uh, it looks like a... Do I... Do I can I... Please. Looks like a... Like a... Like the crystal ball from, from the Lord of the Rings. You know that one? All right, so it looks like the, the scrying orb from the Lord of the Rings. Yes, exactly. Is it that, that. size? Yeah, that size is what I was It's that for. size. It's, uh, so what does it look like? It's kind of like white marbly with like blue streaks through it. White marbly with blue streaks through it. Can you see into it, or is it kind of opaque? Um, surprisingly, it's pr- you can't see through it. So you, you can't see through it. Um, but is it is it moving? Uh, like like are the colors and shapes moving, or is it or is it still? It's still. It's still. All right. I'm afraid to give you wrong answers. I'm sorry. No such thing. I can't see your mesphere. Okay. Um, what does it feel like in your hand? Is it is it kind of smooth or rough mm. or soft or? It feels like a jawbreaker. Feels like a jawbreaker. Yeah, you so, know, but like one that's been kind of sucked on for a little bit. You know, it's like got, like kind of like the bubbly edge, like rough kind of edge. So kind of rough, maybe a little tacky. Yeah, 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 yeah. A little dust, maybe. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah chalky. Uh, does it feel fragile or does it feel kind of firm? Feels heavy. Yeah, firm. Feels heavy. Yeah. All right, so like a nice solid weight. Right. Um, if, is it like kind of hard to raise it above your head, or does that feel okay, or? I mean, I'm strong. You know what I mean? You're pretty strong. Yeah, I would say if I gave it to somebody who was weaker, <laughs> they, they might have a hard time with they it. They might have a hard time with it, yeah. Is it warm, cold, room temperature? Ooh. Uh, I might just be saying this be- because my hand is this temperature, but I think it feels like my hand's temperature. <laughs> it feels about the same temperature as your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so it's kind of at equilibrium with you. Yeah. Um. Now, I want you to put your ear up to it. And can you tell me, do you hear any sounds coming from it? Uh, no, I don't think so. All right, no sounds. Yeah. Um, and do you feel like there's anything inside it? Is it hollow? Do you think it's the same all the way through? <sighs> it feels heavy, so I assume it's full. But I don't know if it's the same material all the way through. So it feels it feels heavy. So you know there's there's something in there, right? Um, and is that is that thing moving around or is it still? It is is it? It's, it does feel like it has like a little bit of life to it. There's a little life to it. So is yeah. it moving in response to you? Uh, as in like, is it? In, do you feel like maybe it's inanimate or that it has its own 
kind of movement in there. I feel like it has its own its own kind of thing going on. Can you describe some of that? Uh, yeah, it feels kind of like I do want to say like kind of like um like a like an egg in a way. Where mm. if you were like to hold an egg, you know, eggs, you don't really feel anything in there, but you get a sense that there is some sort of like you know pulsating maybe it's like a pulse or something like that you know what i mean uh maybe like a heartbeat or like a mm. not quite sure yeah there's a presence like there is a presence yes yeah, yeah yeah so what we just did is the mesphere activity yeah and it from the reason i i made it is i wanted kids to practice expressing themselves um, and also to um, engage in their imagination and to kind of because uh, because what you just did is you made this thing real for me and for all the listeners yeah i, I think everybody kind of gets like i think i hope a lot of the listeners are also kind of holding their hands out trying yeah. to feel that weight yeah um because you're you're kind of conjuring this thing and so you're engaging with creativity yeah but so you're even if it doesn't feel like it, you're coming up with these things. Yeah, just based and, off of your questions. And you're practicing describing and and, and making uh, judgments about it. Can I put it away? Uh, you can do whatever you'd like with it. I, I once I had like a kid swallow his Mesphere. Wow. <laughs> uh, uh, now, the Mesphere was alive, and apparently it was in a very bad mood. Oh. But later that week, uh, when I asked him about it, he said, oh, it's sleeping right now. So, oh. so Interesting. They I'm gonna can put it, I like what you did. You did... I like You're going to absorb your Mesphere. Yeah, I absorbed it for now. Yeah. Didn't seem like absorbable material, but we did it. You know, we got there. I do like that. No, no, that's good. Like you said, I didn't even think about it, but it is a very, very simple way of of accessing creativity and imagination that I haven't done it since I was a little schoolgirl back in the day. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, this, I strongly believe that a little bit of structure and a little bit of good design helps us engage with what we want to engage with. Mm. Because somebody who doesn't want to engage with their creativity, who doesn't want to express themselves, maybe it's that maybe they don't feel comfortable in that moment, they don't feel safe, uh, those kids, they describe it as nothing. Uh, usually by the eighth question, yeah. they'll, start to, they'll start to engage with it because I think everybody wants to express themselves in some way. Right. But if you didn't feel like doing that it you it wouldn't have worked for you yeah which is fine uh mm -hmm. that is one of the most important things of gamification to me it only a game only i i really like you know the bit this is totally random okay. you know run the jewels yeah i yeah, yeah. i love them right. and there's this one line in one of their songs uh shit's not a it's not a game if the shit don't pause yeah and for me that is a really good thing and it's also Game, every game you've ever played has been opt in. You decided I oh, wow. want to play this. Yeah, and that is a very different. That is the difference between a game and reality in mind. In my mm. mind, is that you choose to engage with the game. Okay, and so th I think it's a really important part of gamification and a really important part of all games is that you get to choose that you want to play. Yeah, you'd be surprised how much choice plays a. a a big role in I think just mental health like yes. in general because that was one of the things for me like I've talked about this multiple times as well but like I have felt like I had anxiety and depression and I thought I was going to be one of those people that just had it and had to live with it mm -hmm. uh, up until 
last year where I have a job where I wanted to do what I wanted to do and I get to do all the hobbies and, and explore things that I want, that I choose to explore. When I was in college, it was, there was no choice. It was like, I have to go to college. And even though I get to choose what I want to do in college, technically, it, you know, it still seems kind of like a, a thing that was thrust upon me. Um, and yeah, like I said, I mean, that can be such a heavy, heavy weight if you don't have any choice or any say in the matter. Um, but you're so right in games that is a little bit of control almost a little bit of freedom a little bit of, of choice making choices and being given the ability to make choices i think is the most fundamental part of freedom yeah and it builds confidence when you ask a kid what do they want to do and you ask them and you give them choices if they feel empowered and people become attached to their choices um there's a a really interesting example uh, the power of choice is fascinating to me. That's what that interactive fiction is all about. Mm. That's what, for me, that's that's why games are such great narrative tools yeah. is because you are making active choices throughout. So uh, there's this the example I like that kind of exemplifies this. Would you rather... So it's let's say Christmas is coming up and I'm going to buy you a gift. Okay. Or, for, or maybe your birthday is coming up and I'm going to buy you a gift. Yeah. Would you rather I buy you a red hat or a green hat? Probably a green hat. Why? Uh, I have more emotional connection to green than red. Cool. Did you ever question for a second, hey, maybe I don't want a hat? (laughs) No. The way that we structure choices for people shapes their perception of reality. Yeah. And so in that moment, I asked you, do you want a red one or a green one? You were thinking about the choice of red or green, not hat or something else. Right. And so... We in our throughout our life we are given choices by design or just by nature, uh, and and if you start applying that design thinking to the world around you, you're going to realize why certain things don't feel good. Hmm. Because if you feel like so with college, if you had a conversation with your parents and you feel like you had some really good choices of do you want to go to college or do you want to wait a little bit and travel mm-hmm. or do you want to wait a little bit and go get a job? Oh yeah. When you give people that choice, even if they choose the way the thing that you wanted them to choose, mm-hmm. uh, so even if either way they were going to choose college, right, they will feel more attached to college, yeah. and they will feel more invested Almost in that choice, yeah, because you let them make that decision for themselves, right. You can't. It's it's way more powerful to let someone choose an option than to tell them around this is a what structured you have to reality. Do. Yeah. And it, it increases your enjoyment. Yeah. Uh, there have been psychological studies of, uh, like, where they, they kind of convince people and they give them the illusion of choice. Mm. It is so much more satisfying when we get to choose things. Yeah. And we will actively enjoy them more because we feel like we had the power yeah. to make that choice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's a, I think, a, a good lesson for everybody to hear and for people to... Be self-aware about and consider when they're going around their day-to-day lives. I like that. Yeah, no, that's good. It's funny. When I asked if you were uh, applying gamification in your own life, I was thinking more about, you know, like, you know, hitting the spot in the toilet while you're taking a pee. <laughs> that's that's more of a game for me. You know oh, I mean, I mean abs- that's a day. I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That is just 
I mean, the, the, that toilet design, the fact that there's like a big circle down at the bottom of it, that yeah. genuinely helps me. Yeah, exactly. There's a, a bit, uh, one of my buddies, Sean O'Shaughnessy, he has a bit about, uh, I forget what he called it, but he's like, it's like race flush or something like that. Race flush? It's where Is you try to flush. No, it's where you try to flush the toilet to line up with the end of your pee stream wow. at the exact same time. You ever done that before? No, but now I I'm do going that. to. Yeah, I do I that. love that. Yeah, it's like, all right, I think I'm about done, and you flush it. I always lose. I always lose the game. There's still a little bit of pee left. That's amazing. <laughs> I really love that. That is... <laughs> People who, who subscribe, prescribe to these uh, are, would hate that this is the segue into it. But there's something called an ARG, an alternate reality game. Mm. And that is the kind of thing that we talk about when we think about ARGs. A really popular one is called Chore Wars. Chore Wars. And basically, it is just a system of points that, so so you and a roommate or you and a spouse, somebody you live with, um, or a, a group of housemates, you assign points to different chores. Mm. And so w- within a week, oh. certain chores need to get done. Yeah. And so you create a system where you can redeem the points that you earn by doing chores mm. for certain rewards. Interesting. And by doing that, it makes engaging with those chores and getting them done way more satisfying. And you'll find that the, the so like they, they recommend in this ARG that people ascribe the most points to the least desirable tasks, like cleaning the bathroom right. and taking out the trash. Yeah. So if that's a hundred points and, uh, Tidying up your room is only 30. Mm-hmm. You're going to rush to, if you're that competitiveness inside yeah. you is going to kick in, then you're going right. to say, all right, well, I want to get the most points. So I'm going to rush to clean the bathroom yeah. as, as soon as I can in the week. That would have been a good tool to have like in college because then you could like, you could like pool together maybe like a hundred bucks or whatever between like all three or two roommates that you have or whatever and, you know, get like a, I mean, in college, what, like, a bunch of Four Locos or, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, or, like, you, you something create a fun. prize pool. Yeah, and like a prize pool. The winner gets to choose, like, three things. Second place gets to choose two. Like, yeah. Have an, if you had an RA who did that, then about, like, cleaning up common spaces. Oh, or yeah. if you had housemates yeah. who created that. It's a really great way to encourage everybody to do something that everyone already wanted to get done. Yeah. But you just needed a little push. You need a little motivation. Right. Yeah, no, no, that's definitely a good way to do it. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so those are <laughs> ARGs. Okay. Uh, well, one last thing that I wanted to do before we're about to wrap up, but I did want to let you know that there's this. You Reddit guy, Reddit guy at all? Sometimes a Reddit guy. Yeah. There's this Reddit called slash. It's r slash outside, and what it is is people treating the real world as a game <laughs> cool and so i'm gonna read you the top two posts from r slash outside hit me this one says psa do not take the extra chromosome perk at character creation this is all in all caps by the way trust me it helps some stats but ruins everything else and fucks up the whole playthrough <laughs> that's a fun one that's a fun one okay and then the second one i think is actually a really good one to to end on do not try to minimize uh to minimax this game yep i've tried to exploit the game by minimizing uh my idle time to try to get as many missions done as possible to level up faster turns out it worked for a minute but it made the experience of the gameplay unbearable enjoy the game the good graphics and open world experience even though it will look like you're not getting as much xp or currency as the other players around you the game is worth it 
That's a fun one. That's a that's a real cute one, I think. I really like that last one. Yeah. Because one of the things that games are so good at is they give you a super objective. So they give you this overarching goal. Right. You have all these little goals along the way to get it. Yeah. And if everybody approached their life consciously like a game designer and said, how do I want to design my life? What is the win state? What are the quests I have to go on? What are the skills I have to build in order to achieve my goals? Yeah. I think that people would be, on average, a lot happier. Mm, yeah, definitely. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the game. Smell the flowers. They're nice. The, and uh, the rendering on the those flowers. The rendering on those God, flowers, the, the, man. The graphics card that is running this, <laughs> this reality... Top notch. That's at least a uh, a 3090. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Micah. Well, I hope we covered everything that you wanted to, to talk about and more. Everything and more. Absolutely. And uh, I appreciate you coming out. Let's give a little tippy tap here. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>